0: Now, I'm thrilled to welcome back someone I haven't seen in a very, very long time. And I think the last time um, he was in studio, he was just launching this process. He was just starting to put together a, a book. Entitled Our Father's Footsteps, a collection of family war stories compiled from letters, photos, documents, uh, citations that had been tucked away in, in trunks and attics. Don Levers. Is it Levers? Levers. Levers. Nah, get okay. closer to that microphone there. There we go. How's that? Uh, Don Levers. Yes. Don Lever, like the Lever, joining me in studio. Don, it's nice to see you again.
1: It's wonderful to be back. And uh, Ted was your first guest. I'm your second, and I'm <laughs> following Ted. Head again but what a privilege it is to follow him.
0: Uh, Ted Barris you're talking about who was on the show last week and last Thursday last Friday, Friday. you also presented uh, yes. with Ted and Dave uh, O'Keefe at uh, Festival Place.
1: Yeah they uh, they accommodated me we talked about the f- possibility of doing it and uh, they said come on in after intermission and Wonderful. Uh, you know so I got my 15 minutes in front of a large <laughs> audience and it was both exciting and terrifying to do it. <laughs>
0: Dawn your book again it's called our father's footsteps and uh, the foreword written by our, our good friend uh, Gord Steinke. and uh, this one really uh, it's stories of World War two veterans moments and you talk about what if moments and we'll get to that in a moment but tell me first off how did this come together for you What 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 planted the seed that you said I got to tell these stories
1: Partially, it started from Gord. I met with Gord about some, doing some interview uh, techniques I, for some other interviews I was going to do about people from 40 years ago. We met, and I was telling him that I was heading to Normandy and a little bit about my dad's story, and he said, it'll be great to walk in your dad's footsteps. <laughs> huh, there's a good name for a book. <laughs> so that began it. And, uh, so, and then I also had the opportunity, direct from D-Day, or sorry, direct from Normandy Beach to talk to you mm-hmm. and Gord on June the 6th, 2019. Yeah. So it was the idea of that to tell these stories because I had my dad's, and I knew, as Gord said, there must be other stories in the chests in the attic or the drawer in the basement, letters and journals, because a lot of the men never did talk Mm-mm. about it. But the, the stories are there. We just have to find them.
0: So why, let's, let's start with your dad's story. Why, why was that an important one for you to tell?
1: Well, uh, all of the men that I talk about in the book, uh, three Canadians and a Brit, and uh, the three Canadians were all wounded. My dad was wounded on D-Day, not on the beaches. He got several miles in before being wounded, and the bullet that smacked him down uh, was in a position that he said, two inches higher and I would have stopped being a man. Mm. We wouldn't be having this conversation (laughs) right now. So the following day... Uh, 58 men from his regiment from the Royal Winnipeg Rifles were captured, and on the 8th of June, they were murdered. Mm. So if he hadn't have been wounded, would he have survived? Mm. So it's it's those what-if moments, and, and every one of the, the men's stories I tell has experienced a what-if moment.
0: Did your dad talk open and easily?
1: L- little bits. Uh, for instance, he said when, he, when they got off the landing craft, when he jumped into the water... Uh, if he had been any shorter, because he was only five <laughs> foot six, he would have drowned. <laughs> so, But he, he, never had, he, he never had any animosity. Uh, the four men in the book, none of them experienced some of those PTSDs or, mm. or whatever we would have called it at the time. And they all lived normal lives, and that was the other part of it. They were normal before, average, ordinary guys. And that's the stories I want to tell. There's lots of stories about mm-hmm. generals and mm-hmm. the battles, but... Not about the average everyday soldier.
0: So growing up, when did you start to have interest in the story?
1: told little stories as we grew up and then we both um, both my brother and I got into the cadet corps Mm -hmm. and we went through cadets Uh, when I was 18 and 19 I was leading the parade uh, for the cadet corps from Vancouver at the cenotaph in downtown Vancouver so I always had that interest Um, and I was looking at joining the regular forces but then it was the police department and Mm. then I was then I ended up being a salesman
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's funny how things change so when you traveled to Normandy and you stood on Juno Beach, yep. where your dad came ashore, and there was 344 men that died yep. that day. Um, what went through your mind?
1: Walking across the beach that day, this it was a beautiful, sunny, dry day, and the sand was so soft it was difficult mm-hmm. to walk across. Mm-hmm. And I was thankful. That it was a miserable day that they landed because i couldn't imagine just walking across it was tough i can't imagine trying to do that with 80 pounds on my back mm-hmm. so the, you know the weather as bad as it was maybe helped them
0: well and, the, and that's it because i think we all know what it's like to try to walk in in sand or you know try to run in sand or if you've been on a beach somewhere it's 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 hard yes. and it's you know so trying yeah. to trying to do that with all of that equipment on and, and getting getting off the, Was it? Did you... Was it emotional for you?
1: Probably the most emotional moment was before I left, I was given the regimental nominal rolls, mm. which listed the 3,000 men with the Royal Winnipeg Rifles. And I looked at my dad's journal, and I found four names that he helped, after being wounded, to help escort prisoners back to the beach. Found out that the two of those guys had been murdered that were in his letter. Mm. That is probably
0: mm-hmm.
1: one of the most emotional things, because it was that close yeah so and then one of the people that was with us their uncle uh, that they had never met uh, these four uh, three sisters and a, and a cousin they were a wreck at Benny Sumer cemetery and you've mm-hmm. been there mm-hmm. and it is just an incredible place mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and and
1: the way that the uh, Commonwealth War Graves Commission looks after it is Second and none,
0: yeah, a friend of mine uh, was actually at Benny surmer, the the Canadian War Cemetery, which is just down the road from Juneau Beach today, and saw some and I saw some photos posted uh, today. and it's as stunningly beautiful and haunting as it was, you know, the last time that I was there, two thousand and forty four Canadian soldiers buried at at that at that uh, at that cemetery. and it's a very, very powerful, very powerful place we we're going to run out of time but I'm just going to keep you into overtime so that's okay I'm not going to worry about it uh, too much when when you talk about the other people in the book tell me a story about one of them uh,
1: I'm so I'm over there and I'm telling everybody I meet that I'm working on this project <laughs> and uh, Jillian and I, and, and I introduced myself and I met this lovely woman from from Hull England and uh, told her a little story that I was doing and what my dad and that I'm telling these what if stories. Do you have something? So she told me a little story right then and there. Then I came home, well, she reached out to me when I got home and sent me this lovely email and we had become great friends. (laughs) And her dad was, he'd lived through the Spanish flu. He was actually 37 years old when he joined up. Wow. And he was with the Royal Engineers. And we think of engineers as guys blowing up Mm -hmm, bridges mm -hmm. and making roads he was actually, um, they call him a sapper, but he was like a longshoreman. He helped unload the ships. And the 999th Port Operating Company that was with, they unloaded by the end of June, 28 million pounds off Sword Beach. Mm -hmm. That kept the war momentum moving. But I didn't know until I began researching it, that the beaches were being shelled for over a month and bombed by the Luftwaffe. And on the sixth of July, exactly one month afterwards, uh, Harry Hildyard hadn't wasn't at the bivouac area at the time. He'd gone down to the beach, and uh, a shell exploded in his bivouac area and injured fifteen of his mates. Mm. So that was another of his what-if moments. Besides living through the Blitz and Hull, wow. So and and then his wife was pregnant at the time, and uh, Marie, who I met. Didn't meet her dad until she was a year and a half old because yeah. he stayed in, in Europe and and helped uh, with the rescue efforts. Yeah,
0: wow. Hold hold that thought for just a second. It's 517. Uh, Don Lever is joining me in studio, the uh, author of Our Father's Footsteps. Uh, we'll talk more with Don in just a moment right now, though we need to do this.
1: This is 630 Ched Afternoons with Jalyn Nye.
0: 20 this afternoon, Don Levers joining me in the studio, the author of Our Father's Footsteps. i uh, Want to let you know that uh, if you want to grab a copy of the book, beautiful book, uh, you can meet him at the bookstore on Parent Street in Saint Albert. Uh, that's tomorrow, tomorrow night. night. Tomorrow night from 6:30 until 8 o'clock. The book is also available at Audrey's, the Daisy Chain Bookstore, and of course uh, a lot of the uh, local chapters and Indigo stores. Now you were telling me, so this picture on the front of the book which is the boys coming ashore that a number of people reached out to you and identified people tell me about that it's a
1: famous photograph of the royal winnipeg rifles in a landing craft dated june 6 1944 i always questioned the picture Mm. You can see how calm the water is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the water wasn't very calm that morning. <laughs> and we're pretty sure, and I'm working with a couple of people to verify it, um, but that this was taken during Exercise Fabius around the 3rd of May. Okay. But Library and Archives Canada mm. listed June 6th. So two of the people reached out to me. One after uh, doing an interview with Global. Guy emailed me and said, uh, This guy here, and he circled it. He said, That was my uncle. Wow. He landed on... And so yeah. I looked him up. I looked the name up and found out that he was with B Company. And B Company landed with 164 over men, an oversized company, left the beach that morning with 28 other ranks, mm. the Captain Gower... And four stretcher bears mm-hmm. so and he was one of the ones that was wow. wounded the other man in, in the, he's in a beret and this was another reason yeah. for wondering yeah a, and if you notice all those guys heads are sticking up the above the edge Get of a the little boat high. Uh, they wouldn't <laughs> have been that high so uh, it was um, that was Morley Douglas and his, his son um, told me that uh, his dad told him this was taken during this exercise and uh, so you know it was you know pretty well and he was a, a radio operator he was wounded the same day as one of the other men in my story uh, Jack Hamilton on the 4th of uh, July at the Carpeke Airport and then again in February when he was in Holland
0: Don you know here we are um, still talking and thank goodness we are so many years afterwards and you know it's one of the reasons why I, I always want to do this show specifically every year and and why you know, I was inspired to get more involved with the military community is to keep these stories alive and I know you feel very much the same way about this yes
1: people like Ted and uh, Ted Barris and David O'Keefe they've done a wonderful job on their stories and they've included uh, stories individual mm-hmm. stories about these these men um, not necessarily going into the detail before and afterwards uh, but I felt it was important because I want people to understand how important the military history is and there's so much information available now that they can apply for to get war records the regimental war diaries In a lot of cases are online Um, and i want to encourage the young people to realize how young how lucky we are Mm -hmm. that uh, our fathers grandfathers and in my uh, my granddaughter's Mm -hmm. case our great-grandfather survived because in 20, I, when I came back from Normandy in 2019, I vowed I would take my granddaughter mm-hmm. to show her, and so my daughter and granddaughter were gonna go again, the group from Winnipeg will be going again, and to see that. And I, and I met um, Ellen Williams' uh, son yeah. at the um, thing at Festival Place the other night, and he says, let me know when you're going. Uh, you know i told my kids i want to go to normandy for my six and,
0: and and if this book hasn't already planted a seed into granddaughters yes. minds and all that sort of stuff that trip to normandy certainly exactly. will exactly don thanks for coming in and sharing some stories again the book is called our father's footsteps you can get it uh at audrey's the daisy chain bookstore chapters indigo the bookstore on parent street tomorrow night again go meet the lovely Dawn from 6 30 to 8 tomorrow night it was so great to see you again it's thanks for joining a real
1: us pleasure and thanks for having me in julian it's, yeah. it's been wonderful
0: don lever is joining me in studio my official second guest in studio <laughs> since we've been allowed to wonderful Wonderful. More of your stories, your family stories coming up after the 530 News.